This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success and show us how they attain even their lofty goals. These students, who are in the top 10% of the country, are active in student support services at NC State, a nationally recognized program designed to provide support for low-income, first-generation college students. Nationally, this population has an 11% graduation rate within six years. The student support services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They have earned PhDs in Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success. So we're here with Morgan Travis. What do people need to know about you, Morgan? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Um, mm -hmm. So I just recently graduated with um, my bachelor's mm -hmm. in nutrition science. Um, I come, I live, used to live in Durham, um, and now I'm moving up to Washington, D.C. to start my career in public health. Oh, I thought you were going to grad school. What I got happened? A, I got a job offer. <laughs> really? What's your job? So I'm actually working at Prince William County, their health department, doing mm -hmm. health data statistics and um, basically how that informs their, what they put their resources to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so you applied to jobs and Yeah, I had a panic school. at midnight one night. So I applied to a bunch of jobs and go figure I got an offer. That's Look a really good offer. Yeah. And there's the potential to go back to school on their dime. Wow, right. So, yeah, that's definitely was more up my alley. Good for you. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm. that's great. Because that's like doesn't happen. I mean, the fact that you had a choice. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm you very, need to feel I'm good very, about yourself. <laughs> I'm very lucky. It's really stressful um, coming into the work environment, but mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it, and I mm -hmm. think it'll be an exciting experience. Right. So, in addition to your career in health, what do you, mm -hmm. like, public health, not health care, but public, public health? Public health, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, what do you do with public health? So it's a really broad category, and a mm -hmm. lot of people don't, especially at NC State, don't really understand what public health even means, just uh -huh. because we don't really have a formal uh, major or college surrounding mm -hmm. that. Um, but basically what public health is, is anything that has to do with the general health of the populace of the campus. So on campus, we talk about college health. So that could mean things like sexual health. That could mean mental health. Um, that can mean anything as far as putting on your seatbelt when you get into the car. So public health kind of encompasses all those basic activities um, and a lot more and how we kind of keep the general populace healthy and how we keep them safe. Yeah. So it's the health of a group, group like of yeah. a community Versus and not an the individual. health of yep. an individual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what made you get into that? Uh, so I was really miserable in, uh, <laughs> I decided one day while in college, yeah, miserable. while in college, um, that I really was not passionate about what I was doing. And I just, I needed a change. I thought I can't spend the next two and a half, three years studying biology and feeling miserable. Mm -hmm. um, and so I moved over into a new major of nutrition science. And we randomly, through a pre-health meeting, um, had a speaker from student health um, who came and talked about what a career in public health looks like. So whether you're doing like education or you're doing policy work, um, mm -hmm. kind of 
started brainstorming the thought that mm-hmm. I kind of like working with a population um, and being a catalyst for change rather than just working with an individual. Right, right. No, that's good. So you knew you just didn't like biology, but you never wanted to leave the healthcare industry. Yeah, like I mean, I, I knew that healthcare was where I wanted to be, but did I, I found out really early on from my experience working as a CNA, like mm-hmm. a nursing assistant, that working with individuals and me to an individual patient, I couldn't be as impactful as I really wanted to be. So that's when I kind of started looking at the broader picture of things and what public health really means to the whole population. So what started your wanting to do a health career? Like, were you middle school, high school? Oh, gosh. Um, I would say it was something that I was originally told to do. Um, So I grew up in a family where the careers that they are familiar with are doctor, lawyer, nurse, things like that. And so they equated dollar sign with what my occupation was. Mm -hmm. And that is very common with low-income first-generation college students. So I guess we have to say that about Morgan of having that experience that a career means a totally different lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Like college is not just going to college because you're 18. College means you're going to change the trajectory of the family. Yeah. And I think for them, it was more of uh, like, that's what they knew would give me stability and that's what Mm -hmm. they wanted for me. So that Mm -hmm. was kind of something that was ingrained in me Mm -hmm. growing up is that you need to be successful, go off to college, get this career, get the job, get the money kind of scenario. Um, And then I went to a high school. I was really fortunate that my local county had a high school that was medically focused. They did not have a whole class about public health or anything Mm -hmm. along those lines. It was more of clinical based. So like nursing, physician, um, and exposing students from my county to what healthcare looks like and possible careers and getting them interested. So that's how I got my nursing assistant kind of licensure. And then that's how I started kind of working. Um, now, what was your personal experience with healthcare? Like, did you have great doctors that you wanted to be like? Or I mean, I never really felt like I had a great experience with mm-hmm. healthcare. I think that my experience was kind of on the more terrible side, <laughs> which is why I kind of gravitate to mm-hmm. like I don't want to be the terrible person that delivers healthcare. I want to be the the person who can bring someone better healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, my family went through a pretty terrible um my dad lost his job mm-hmm. and we went on Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's not really, it's really hard to use Medicaid sometimes and figuring out how um, to work that to the best of our family's advantage was mm-hmm. sometimes really confusing. Um, there's a lot of limitations. Yeah. And there's a lot of things we just didn't know, right, mm-hmm. about healthcare and how to advocate. Um, so I think that kind of, bad experience and jumping from doctors and having doctors not really explain Mm -hmm. things. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I also come from a pretty religious family, so we didn't really outwardly talk about a lot of like healthcare subjects in my household. Um, So it was more prayer or. Yeah, it was more of like um, we we understand the need for good health and things like that. But we don't really you know, if someone's going into surgery, we just send them prayers. We don't really talk about what's going to happen or or, question the the questions or, or costs of things like it wasn't. It was just that's how it is. And that was the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me to even 
like begin asking those questions and looking at my own family situation and reflecting on that kind of started, well, why is it this way? And why can't we do something different? And right. my role in that. So. Right, right. Because your dad still struggles with health. Yeah. I mean, my parents, um, so we are one of those weird families who are in between and on income lines. Mm -hmm. So my mom is fortunate enough through her job. She gets health insurance, Mm -hmm. um, but it's too expensive to cover myself or my dad. Um, Yeah, to add another person to the policy. mm -hmm. Um, And my dad is self-employed. So we actually just don't have health insurance and Mm -hmm. he, or he doesn't, I should say. Mm -hmm. And um He pays the cost to um, kind of opt out of the Affordable Care Act and the insurance market because Mm -hmm. those were not affordable options for my family. Um, There wasn't a a plan that worked for your mm -hmm. family. So it made financial sense just to pay the fine or whatever they call it. Yeah, he actually Mm -hmm. goes to a, um, for his like preventative health primary Mm -hmm. care, goes to a clinic that their whole, I found it online. (laughs) Um, their whole purpose is to help serve individuals without insurance. Mm -hmm. So they won't charge you a fee on top of it. So they Mm -hmm. just, you pay like a membership fee of like 20 bucks a month. And that helps to cover some of like the prescription costs and things like that. When you do go and you need Mm -hmm. that help. Um, unfortunately I went on the student health insurance plan after, Mm -hmm. um, basically not being allowed to medicate anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that so, runs yeah. out in August. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Medicaid runs out when you're 21, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Like if you have it at yeah. 16, yeah. they'll let you have it until 21. And then after 21, you're yeah. kind of, you got to figure I it out. I didn't know that. <laughs> I well, didn't know that. And right. that was something, I mean, I had to figure out it wasn't until I got like the really confusing letter in the mail that I figured out, oh, I have to come up with another plan. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the piece, too, that I hope like with student support services, because yeah. you and I, I guess the back frame, we've been talking about access to health care for a year now mm-hmm. on campus because too many students who need, you know, monthly health care to stay healthy diabetes, mental health, et cetera. And then they can't get it on a regular basis because of money or access or whatnot. And that's what I'm hoping to do talking to you today, but also with student support services is educating students, like letting them know because if you don't know, you know, then you can't get the Yeah, and I think, well, it's it's certain things that I didn't know to look for. So like Mm -hmm. when you're looking on your your Medicaid or your whatever your benefit your explanation mm-hmm. of benefits, mm-hmm. um, and you're looking on maybe your parents' insurance plan to figure out what's actually covered. Sometimes is pretty difficult. So for mm-hmm. me, a lot of places like don't cover mental health visits or mm-hmm. think or they're limited or they might not cover physical therapy or um, mm-hmm. there might be higher copays on um, prescriptions and things like that. So. Right. Being able to understand all of the jargon that goes on in the medical field. Um, so now going back, like when yeah. you were a first year student sophomore, what mm-hmm. questions would you have asked? Like going into like, like the student health clinic, what would I have? Yeah. Or even deciding what health insurance yeah. to um, have. Like what do you think a student who has Medicaid, but they're not sure if they should get the student health insurance, you know, what mm-hmm. questions should they ask so they can make the best decision for them? Yeah. So I get, I guess you definitely, for me, I had to think about what was important for my health and what I knew I needed. Mm-hmm. So when I 
figured out that um, Medicaid has always covered my birth control. Mm -hmm. And that's been great. Um, But looking at, you know, insurance plans and comparing, you know, what things are covered are, is Mm -hmm. it just the pills or is it other options? Um, Yeah, like the pills covered, but the shots. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Things like that. So Mm -hmm. making sure and weighing those options, um, that was really important to me was uh, birth control and women's health. Um, in addition to that mental health, I think it's really important um, to talk with someone and have mm-hmm. access to that when you do need it, even if you don't need it on a regular basis. So making Everybody sure. Everybody. <laughs> Everyone. You, yeah. Yeah. We all know people who are like, oh, I wish I'd get help. Well, you're probably... <laughs> Probably somebody's thinking about that about you. Yeah, well, probably. But um, <laughs> so I think things like that, that are especially we know we know in a college population, that those are topics, sexual health, um, mental health, mm-hmm. access to costs of medications, things like that. That's what mm-hmm. students are talking about. And mm-hmm. that's what, you know, people have questions about. I've had questions a lot about. So I'm on my parents insurance plan. I want to go to student health and I want to get on birth control. But does that show up on my parents' plan or what do my parents know and Mm -hmm. how to even, you know, begin that conversation of. Yeah, like what's sent to the insurance company and Mm -hmm. then what is the, you know, the parent, what can they request or what gets sent to them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I've had on my health insurance where they'll send me saying we covered these doctor visits. Was this really you or not? Yeah. So it's really it's really important. I learned to and you can call. This is like Mm -hmm. something that I, I didn't realize. You can call if you're on your parents insurance plan and ask about. Where you're, it's called the explanation of benefits, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you call the, yep, the you call your health insurance. Yep, you yeah. call your parents' insurance plan and um, basically ask them where they send this end of year summary. So mm-hmm. all the things that anyone on your parents' plan, any doctor visits, things like that, um, where it gets sent to and who can see it. Because um, you can request certain things that get sent to you um, versus sent to your parents and things like that. Um, so it's important to ask about those kind of things. Um, and I know that the student health insurance office will help you with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Like they'll sit down with your health insurance saying, you know, and you say, this is my concern. I don't want my parents yeah. to know, you know, yeah. fill in the blank. Um, what do I do? Well, and I think that's why it's it's really important that you talk with your healthcare provider openly. I know for some, especially in my case, I felt as if I couldn't be truthful about like reasons mm-hmm. of why I wanted X, Y, and Z or why I had questions about my, the cost of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really important to be honest with your healthcare provider because once they know you're maybe worried about your parents or you're worried about having to pay for something Mm -hmm. they have might have resources and better ways to kind of help you get through that process but you just have to start that conversation which is always hard but it's really worth it in the long run just to be open and honest right so good segue so when we (laughs) when I looked up like how to get the most out of your health care the first thing that came up is just communication like communication with your health care provider and I think that's the piece is that you can't control your health insurance but you can control that visit Yeah. Like you can control to a certain extent, you know, like the quality of care and what you get. Do you agree? Like, yeah, I mean, I would agree. So like, I think being honest and being having that open communication between you and your healthcare provider is one of the the biggest things you can do, especially if it's your primary care provider. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
So say I can't afford, for, like I'm on yeah. Medicaid or what is the copay? Yeah. Because this is, you're referring me to a specialist. Specialists have different copays, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I think being, and I, I know in my case, a lot of times, um, like I had an injury and I had to go out for some other diagnostic procedures and mm-hmm. tests and things like that. And I had to just kind of blankly ask, like, what is this going to cost me? Mm-hmm. And what are my options? Because sometimes if you, you really have to ask, because once they know that there might be an issue of how mm-hmm. to pay for it or how to get access to it, mm-hmm. there are usually designated people, if not the doctor or the nurse practitioner, whoever's in there with you themselves, that can help you walk through that, mm-hmm. um, that can help you get that access. Mm-hmm. But you just have to really verbalize in that visit um, the need for it. Yeah. And you shouldn't get a reaction. Like I even know my other people who say, this is my deductible. Again, it's a money term, but you can look up what a deductible is and you want to know what your deductible is. But they said that and the doctor was like, oh, okay, so we don't want you to pay that. I won't order this test, but I'll prescribe you this because that's what I would have done anyways. Yes. You know, so the doctor worked um, with him. It wasn't like, you yeah. loser, you know, yeah, or exactly. why would you put a price tag on your health? Yeah. You I know, it's like they understand. And there's that stigma, right? So we know that, you know, talking about these conversations, sometimes, you know, people, especially on the patient side, you think that the other the person who's in the white coat or in the scrubs is going to judge you because of what, you know, you're asking or the questions you're asking. Mm-hmm. I think being myself, being on both sides and looking back, I've never experienced, thankfully, where someone was like very reactive to my, well, what is this going to cost? Or how Mm -hmm. do I, how do I get this medication? A lot of times they're very helpful. It's just, I had to open that conversation and be comfortable with myself um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be able to start that because most, most healthcare individuals, I won't speak for all of them, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's why they're in healthcare is they want to help individuals. So yeah, I've gone to a doctor and said, I need another medication because the copay is like $85. And they were like, oh, okay, here's another one. Yep. You know, and that was $5. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, all I had to do was ask. Yeah. They didn't care. You know, and I just saved myself 80 bucks a month. Yeah. No, (laughs) it's true. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. Like I was thinking about issues that I know our students have had at doctors. And so one of them, she felt like she was being like rushed out of mm-hmm. the office, mm-hmm. you know, out of the appointment. So they came in, she said her symptoms and they were just like, yep, it's strap. Here you go. Yeah. This is what you need to do. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but I didn't finish. And she couldn't say that. So she, cause she felt so uncomfortable. So it's like, how do you say, whoa, time out. I haven't gotten through all my symptoms. Like I haven't gotten through all of the circumstances that I think are impacting how I feel today. Yeah. I mean, I think it's reminding them. So right. As healthcare practitioners so often do, um, we're limited to appointment times Mm -hmm. really in those first couple minutes, emphasizing, you know, the multitude of things you might be facing and really starting that conversation. Um, and don't let them, don't let them walk out the door. I mean, that sounds, that sounds odd, but if you have something to say and you feel like you haven't gotten and you're uncomfortable and you don't feel like you've gotten comprehensive care, just say, well, I have questions about this, or I'm not sure that's the right step. Um, they're well equipped to handle all of those scenarios and all of those questions 
it's really just important that you start that conversation as uncomfortable and as out of place as you might feel. Um, it's really important. And if you ever get rushed out of an appointment and feel like your needs haven't been met or talked about, uh-huh. go back to the front desk or go back to, you know, and say, I don't, I don't think this is right. Or go back to the nurse who discharges you and really have that conversation of what to do. Um, yeah. And whatnot in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I actually heard that you have to get them before they like touch the hand on the door or something. Like, what is that? Do you know what that is? <laughs> I've heard of that. Yeah. It's very, I mean, healthcare practitioners, unfortunately, are, are limited to time. Yeah. You know, you get your 30, 45 minutes, you know, whatever kind of slot you get per student, per individual. Um, and once they hit the door, they're probably on to the next room or they're filling out paperwork. Yeah. Um, so it's really important, too, especially when you first walk into an exam room. There's someone usually who takes, like, your blood pressure and asks you why you're here today. In those first couple minutes, that person doing intake, um, explaining to them, you know, I'm here for A, B, C, you know, yeah. a multitude of things that I'm, you know, feeling mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. what might could be going on because they might can better relay that professionally to when the doctor or the they treating can actually, person comes in. Yeah. Right. Like they can actually translate it yep. into medical. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sh- what research should people do? Like, what should they do for preparation? Like, say they go into the, do- you know, doctor's office and yeah. then they kind of get flustered yeah. when they're like, no, that's not it. Or it's just strep. I almost think it's like, should you have, you know, like a list of all your yeah. symptoms or a list of what you want to yeah. ask about? I mean, it's really helpful to write things down when you're outside of the office. So you're kind of prepared mm-hmm. um, coming, you, you come into the appointment knowing what you want to discuss mm-hmm. and healthcare providers will tell you across the board, please take notes, please. When we give you a handout or when we're talking with you, it's not absurd to do so. Please take notes right. so that. A lot of times when people in that doctor's appointment, you get thrown a lot of information mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a little hard to remember it all or to come, you know, how often do I take this medication or what does that word she said mean mm-hmm. um, or what is, you know, my diagnosis and things like that. So mm-hmm. taking notes and really, you know, when you're being looking through all your medical paperwork and really reading it mm-hmm. um, before I go into appointment, I mean, I write things down. Um mm-hmm. I know what my insurance, I try to know what my insurance covers. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times I'll just Google my policy beforehand Mm -hmm. to figure out, you know, what things are covered and whatnot. And always, always, always ask about the cost. (laughs) (laughs) If I could tell someone that, I mean, what's that lab test going to cost or what's the extra, you know, can we put that on hold and try something, you know, if it's too expensive or all the other sources for financing, that might be a better option versus, you know. Right. So the copay of the office visit does not cover when they order lab work, does yeah. not cover when they order an x-ray. Yeah. Those are all billed separately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need to ask. Yeah. Because you mm-hmm. want to know about those costs before you get a bill either on your student health insurance or your student account or you mm-hmm. see a bill online or in the mail that says you've got this astronomical number. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people I know that, um, and I've done this, you don't, (laughs) you don't know what to do and you're feeling sick. So you go to the ER and then 
you get treated and it's fine. The person takes your insurance and you're like, oh, I'm great. I'm set. Yeah. They don't ask for any money. At no, the they don't no. ask for any money. <laughs> and then you go and you get this paperwork and they're like, view your chart online. And you're like, okay, let's see what that is. And then you realize what you're supposed, you know, it breaks down what you have to pay out of pocket for something maybe as simple as a stomach bug or something that could await mm-hmm. it until the morning. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's really important to understand, you know, especially especially when going in an ER, what your costs might be and what, mm-hmm. you know, your insurance covers and I really advocate. So like I knew when my bill came back and I was this absurd number mm-hmm. and I said, oh, my God, I can't pay for that. I called Duke up and thankfully they have people there and they were like, well, let, give, send me your financials. Are you a student? Things yeah. like that. And they took care of it. And they, you know, they absorbed the cost in the hospital because I demonstrated that I was low income, you know, et cetera. Right. Um, so making that phone call and figuring out, you know. Now, who did you call? Like, how did you figure out who to call? Um, I did believe, you call billing? Or yeah, it else? was someone in billing. Um, yeah. And then they, di- I called billing and then someone directed me to um, kind of like a patient advocate. Yep personnel on staff yep um and every hospital has a patient advocate mm -hmm. so just know that so anything you have questions about they should call you back within 24 hours or something like that and then they'll route you to the right person yep Mm -hmm. yep so i think it's i mean it's really important to advocate you know for yourself in that sense and at first it does feel a little awkward saying i can't afford this or you know, I'm a college student and, or I'm, you know, I'm low yeah. income, you know, I don't yeah. make all this money. Mm-hmm. It's odd saying that, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, once you kind of. Yeah. And it's like, if someone, you know, tells you, well, you have to pay it anyways. Well, you just go to the next person. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, from listening to Morgan <laughs> that you can get health bills reduced or paid for, you just have to talk to the right person. Yeah. And then if that doesn't work, then you contact us somebody else you know be persistent about it don't Mm -hmm. let don't take the first answer you get you know what i mean as Mm -hmm. the first the final answer right always be persistent because there always are other options Mm -hmm. it just might take some more digging than Mm -hmm. they outwardly say yeah i mean that's what i always tell students if you don't get the answer you want contact me yeah and then we'll go from there yeah because the answer you get may not be the full story Mm -hmm. so fight for what you want need yeah 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 now um should people do google images or does that freak people out i've heard both ways it's like you see an image and it's like oh it says you know maybe cancer well no it's a cold sore yeah like i would just i mean for baseline information, if you're just typing in your symptoms and you want to know what yeah, you're web, dealing with. Is WebMD the best one or what I, websites I, do you? I mean, I caution anytime using the Internet to diagnose you mm-hmm. because a lot of times there are stuff in appointments that come out that might, when talking with a healthcare provider, mm-hmm. that might be affecting your care that you might not have yourself recognized but might have gone off as a red flag to a healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. Um so I stray away from it, though. I know everyone does. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's great to come in with an idea that you might have this or you mm-hmm. might have that. Um, but don't take that as the final answer. Right? Mm-hmm. You want to look at the whole picture of what the person's dealing with and WebMD, Google Images. I know people who have, like, Google Image, like, <laughs> sexually transmitted infections, and that's just yeah. a bad idea. 
you know, go and get diagnosed, go and get tested for these things. Right. Google is really not the best to solve right. your problems. Right. And with STIs, there's free testing on mm-hmm. campus. Yep. So they do free testing a couple of days a week mm-hmm. at the GBLT Center, and then they do free testing at the health center mm-hmm. a couple of days a week. Yeah. Yeah. And then Planned Parenthood, do they do, or low cost? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't mm-hmm. know. So if you're uncomfortable going on campus, yeah, there's, you know, for whatever There's reason. options. And you mm-hmm. can always, for those kinds of uh, more sensitive tests and things like that, you can always request that it be like confidential or anonymous. So you have mm-hmm. options um, and how it gets reported back to you and how that information gets shared. So you do have options in those kinds of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really important. But yeah. Well, and that's the other issue is when people are like too embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm, it's like, I don't want to go to get SDI tested because I don't, you know, yeah. or what's a common example of that so, nowadays? I mean, where people will avoid. I I hear I hear a lot of especially well students talk right. Yeah. So a lot of times I know if I don't know something, I'm going to ask my best friend or yeah. someone I'm comfortable sharing that information with. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times, anytime you talk about like birth control. STIs, things like that. People might not be, or even it, mental health. It's yeah. Know. There's a lot of stigma surrounding those kinds of concepts um, mm-hmm. and those kinds of access to healthcare topics. Um, mm-hmm. So people might be uncomfortable talking about it, and you might feel weird asking a health. You know, it might not blatantly be on the website. Where do I get tested for mm-hmm. this? Or you mm-hmm. might have to do a little bit more digging. Um, so that's where I f- think it's really important to just. Like make that initial appointment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you can make appointments to talk about, okay, so I want to get on birth control, but I know nothing about birth control. I feel like all um, I've heard is it makes me gain weight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's and there's great options out there. Um, so like for mm-hmm. example, um, education about birth control, Bedsider is a great like online resource. B-E-D-S-I-D-E-R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great resource. Um, that's very like educated. It's well-cited, well, you know, it's good information to have. So that can kind of give you preliminary knowledge, you know, of what Mm -hmm. you might be thinking about and your options. Mm -hmm. Um, But those sensitive topics are hard to talk about, right? And even amongst your friends, they're hard to talk about. Um, Even in college health campuses, mental health is something that's, you know, it's talked about, but it's still really hard to um, kind of outwardly say, like, I need to talk to someone or I'm Mm -hmm. feeling, Mm -hmm. um, you know, depressed or I, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. feelings like that. Um, And I know sometimes with wait times at um, health centers and places to get in counseling and whether your insurance covers it or not, it's really, it sometimes can be difficult to Mm -hmm. making those initial conversations, but it's really important that if you feel that it's something you need, that you let the person know that you're making the appointment with, that it's more urgent, right? Um, So a lot of times we talk about someone might not necessarily be urgent when they make the initial appointment but two weeks from now after finals or after this and that Mm -hmm. other circumstances might have pushed them to be a little more stressed anxious um, having more difficulties with their Mm -hmm. mental health Mm -hmm. than the prior two weeks before so they they can go back in yeah Yeah, say there has been a change yeah so go back in I mean if you're feeling stressed or you're feeling overwhelmed definitely go and get it talked out sooner rather Mm -hmm. than later Um, and because you can just ask for clarification yeah yeah. Right. Or you can say, this is how I'm trying to manage it. 
and it's not working, is there another way to manage it? Yeah. So I think like I'm just thinking of saying going to the counseling center. It's like, well, I don't want to go on medication. Yeah. Like they're just going to tell me to go on medication. It's like, no, just state that, you you know, yeah. right now you're not ready to go on medication. So what are some alternative ways to manage yeah. it? Well, and I think um, a lot of what we talk about in college health is even having to begin that conversation of mm-hmm. like, how do I... People don't even know what mental health looks like, like mm-hmm. good mental health and what when you're having symptoms, what those symptoms are. What's so, just a daily stress. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like a serious issue that needs to be dealt yeah, with. Yeah. Um, so really talking to your friends is a great resource. Right. So they people around you, your your core people know you best and they can kind of help decipher a lot of that. But, you know, then like, making that initial appointment to really talk through well, what does looking, you know, feeling depressed look like and how might that affect me? And Mm -hmm. sometimes it shows as an outward sign first. So you might have your grades might, you know, be struggling. You might have be falling asleep. You might, you know, other things might happen first before you realize that you have symptoms of, you know, being depressed or, you know, a mental health condition. Right. And I also think that if someone says they're concerned about you, Mm -hmm. that probably means they've been concerned about you for a while. Yeah. And if one, you know, one person, two people say, you don't look yourself or, you know, I've noticed a change. You have to think about it as if somebody said, you have purple hair. Well, the first thing you would do <laughs> yeah. is look in the mirror. You know, exactly. it's like you have food in your teeth. You would look in the mirror and say, you know, yeah. you wouldn't say, no, I don't. No, I yeah. don't. You know? Yeah. And I think it's almost the same thing as if someone who knows you cares about you or even like say an instructor. Yeah. You know, says, I've noticed a change. Is everything OK? Yeah. Then you know. Yeah. And I mean, and everyone don't, there's a lot of stigmas. Um, We talk a lot about males and mental health, right? There's a stigma around, you know, feeling like you can't have that open conversation because you are a male and there's stigma surrounding that. So knowing that there are people out there just like you and those who are, you know, different from you, everyone at some point has struggled with these things and it's important to talk about them no matter who you are, what background you come from. It's important regardless of, you know, who you identify with as an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I always use the term muscle through. Yeah. There's things you just can't muscle through. Yeah. Like you've gotten to NC State. So you've always, you know, you obviously are extremely successful, extremely tough. You know, you know yeah. how to solve problems. But sometimes there's just things, you know, you just yeah. can't push on through. And I mean, I know even in my own life, I had to recognize when I was doing too much and when I was pushing myself to the point where I wasn't getting enough sleep, I wasn't eating right. I was just about to say (laughs) that about sleep with you. I'm going to have you talk about that now. Yeah, it's so, you know, I had to recognize. Thank you for joining Morgan and I on Beyond the Bell Tower. Keep listening to the second part of our conversation in the next episode. TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about Student Support Services at NC State.